0: Good morning breaking news loss of a legend Colin Powell a groundbreaking and influential figure in the military and U.S. politics has died from covid complications his family saying he was fully vaccinated just ahead the health battle that impacted his fight against the virus and the tributes pouring in for the nation's first black secretary of state and former Joint Chiefs chairman kidnapped 17 members of a US missionary group being held against their will in Haiti abducted on a trip to an orphanage this morning what we're learning about the notorious gang behind it and inside the race to find and free the hostages. Shots fired, the heated battle over vaccine mandates for police raging across the country, the National Guard on standby, as the city of Chicago braces for half of its officers to be no-shows, and in Washington, the state trooper who quit in dramatic fashion. This is
1: the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car, and Jay Ansley can kiss my
0: Just ahead, why so many officers are resisting when COVID is the number one killer of police in the nation. All that, plus America's car crisis, from mechanics to dealers, those supply chain problems now wreaking havoc on the entire
2: auto industry. We've taken to calling this the biggest supply chain disruption that we have had since World War II.
0: What it means if you're in need of repairs or a new car. Today, Monday, October 18th,
3: 2021. From NBC News,
4: this is Today with Savannah Guthrie. And Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
0: And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today, 7 a.m. on the West Coast. It's Monday morning. We want to get right to this morning's breaking news. Former Secretary of State and retired General Colin Powell passing away from
5: complications from the coronavirus. Yeah, it's one of those breakthrough cases. Powell's family announcing that he was fully vaccinated and that he received treatment at Walter Reed National Medical Center. He was 84 years old. He served in top national security roles throughout his career,
0: helping shape U.S. policy under several U.S. presidents. We've got complete coverage and reaction. Let's get started with NBC's Kelly O'Donnell, who's at the White House for us. Kelly, good morning.
3: Good morning to both of you. An extraordinary American life is being remembered for his service to country and his stature in a long career that broke barriers and attracted so many admirers. This morning, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin stepped before cameras to say he has a hole in his heart and that the world has lost a great leader. Powell was being treated for COVID-19 and cancer at the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. This morning, Colin Powell, the nation's first African-American secretary of state, a soldier and statesman who served multiple presidents, has died at 84. Powell's family writing in a statement that Powell, who was fully vaccinated, passed away from complications due to COVID-19. The retired four-star general was hospitalized at Walter Reed while suffering from a form of cancer, multiple myeloma. Powell, who grew up in the South Bronx, the son of Jamaican immigrants, created a trailblazing career. As a soldier, Powell served two tours of duty in Vietnam. He became the first black national security advisor during the end of Ronald Reagan's presidency and the youngest and first African-American chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President George H.W. Bush, a major figure and household name during the first Gulf War. Powell then reached a pinnacle, in a position whose responsibilities weighed on his shoulders for the rest of his life, becoming the first African-American secretary of state under the George W. Bush administration. Our concern is not In the run-up to the 2003 Iraq War, Powell the told the United Nations that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which later proved to be untrue. Powell would call the speech a blot on his record. After leaving the Bush administration and government service, Powell went through rounds of public searching about his own politics. There had been calls for Powell to become a candidate himself that he declined, but used his voice to influence politics, endorsing Barack Obama, speaking out against Donald Trump during the 2020 election and telling Savannah after the January 6th riots that he no longer considered himself a Republican, calling on President Donald Trump to resign. Uh,
4: What he is
6: responsible for is one of the most disgusting things I have ever seen in all my years as a government employee here in the United States of America and in Washington, D.C. He should be totally ashamed of himself, and he should take that shame and turn it into a
4: resignation as quickly as possible.
3: Whether in or out of office, Powell's powerful voice resonated across the political spectrum. A patriot awarded the Bronze Star, an Air Medal, a Soldier's Medal, and two Purple Hearts. Colin Powell is survived by his loving wife of 49 years, Alma, and their three children. Today, former President George W. Bush called Powell a great man, saying he was such a favorite of presidents that he was awarded the Medal of Freedom twice, the nation's highest honor. Former Vice President and Secretary of Defense Dick Cheney, who worked so closely with Powell, said that Powell's legacy is an unparalleled record of service that will never be forgotten. Savannah
0: Kelly, thank you very much. And joining us now is retired U.S. Navy Admiral James Stefritis, who served as the 16th Supreme Allied Commander at NATO. He worked with Colin Powell, knew him well. Admiral, good morning to you.
2: Good to be with you. We have indeed lost an extraordinary American today. And, you know, for those of us who have worn the cloth of the nation, uh, who have served in uniform, We'll always remember him as General Powell. You know, he was uh, a Vietnam veteran uh, where he won not only the Bronze Star, but the Soldier's Medal for life saving in combat, a very big deal. And he went on to uh, become the North Star for my generation. And I remember as a, a mid grade officer and, and all the way to being Supreme Allied Commander of NATO, going to Colin Powell for advice. He was always generous with his time, his spirit, his kindness, as well as the absolute precision of his mind. He was remarkable in every way, Savannah.
0: And a barrier breaker. He was the first, the first black national security advisor, the first chairman of the Joint Chiefs who was black, the first black secretary of state. And he <laughs> took on that mantle with such grace and professionalism.
2: HE WORE IT AS HE WORE EVERYTHING WHICH IS TO SAY WITH HUMILITY, A SENSE OF HUMOR AND A SENSE OF WHERE HE CAME FROM. YOU KNOW, HE'S THE SON OF JAMAICAN IMMIGRANTS RAISED IN A TOUGH PART OF NEW YORK CITY, WENT TO A a CITY COLLEGE THERE, um, REALLY EARNED EVERYTHING HE EVER DESERVED. HE REMEMBERED THAT HIS WHOLE LIFE. IF I WERE TO PUT TWO WORDS ON Colin POWELL, I'D SAY ONE WAS OPTIMISM. He was someone who was always optimistic, even in difficult, challenging circumstances. He knew mistakes would be made, but he always felt it could be done. And secondly, Savannah, he was a a true patriot. He loved this country. He was a centrist, um, someone who had the ability to swim in that sea of politics and emerge with everyone's admiration. We will miss him.
0: And he made quite the contribution to foreign policy. I mean, obviously, he came to regret the the speech that he gave to the U.N. in the lead-up to the Iraq War. But he also was known for the Powell Doctrine, uh, the notion of of abusing overwhelming force if you're going to go into a field of battle. We all remember the Pottery pottery Barn Rule, which was famously Colin Powell's, if you break it, you own it. Uh, What do you think his contribution was?
2: I think you've outlined it well, which is that— if you're going to use military force, use it directly. Napoleon said, if you want to take Vienna, take Vienna. And he meant that sense of using force, but only use it when you absolutely must. It's a last resort. Sherman of Civil War fame said, no one hates war like a soldier. General Powell knew the horror of war, he would steer us out of it if he could. Sure if a man, but if war came to us, he would succeed. General Powell,
0: a, a storied legend in foreign policy, but also American life, retired Admiral Stivridis, it's good to have you with us on this somber morning. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks. For that. We move
0: now to another story. We're following closely. There is still no word on the condition of the 17 members of an Ohio-based missionary group kidnapped by a dangerous street gang in Haiti and among the hostages, five children. NBC Sam Brock is in the little Haiti neighborhood of Miami with the latest on this for us. Hi, Sam. Good morning.
4: Savannah, good morning. That group of missionaries was just trying to build an orphanage in Haiti when they reported 17 of their members kidnapped. Authorities right now blaming a notorious gang, 400 Mowozo, for this happening. All this right now, Savannah, as authorities are looking at the possibility of the government of Haiti and the U.S. government not fleshing out details here. So many people just wondering, where are the missionaries and how are they doing? Burning tires in Port-au-Prince, just one visible sign of the violence and disarray in Haiti. Haitian police, confirming a notorious gang, kidnapped 17 missionaries and their family members, almost exclusively Americans, from one of the most dangerous parts of the capital.
7: It is like living in a war zone. You don't know when you're going to get shot at. You don't know when you're going to get kidnapped.
4: The Ohio-based Christian Aid Ministries declined to comment on the crisis, but did say in a statement their workers were abducted while visiting an orphanage. The group of 16 U.S. citizens and one Canadian citizen includes five men, seven women, and five children.
3: I think it was something that was going to
4: happen sooner or later. Professor Eduardo Gamara of FIU, a national expert on Latin American politics, called this kidnapping a crime of opportunity.
3: A foreigner is going to be an easy target. There are no authorities to go to. There's no police. There's no military. There hasn't been a military for decades.
4: A power vacuum further pronounced by the assassination of Haiti's president Jovenel Moise in July and a deadly earthquake in August conditions so dangerous that staff at orphanages, such as Be Like Brit, south of Port-au-Prince, take helicopters to and from the airport because the roads are infested with gangs. They're trying to help the people of Haiti because the help is needed um, and the need is there, but it's just
3: very scary at the same time.
4: The White House has yet to weigh in. The State Department only confirming the kidnapping Sunday night, saying they've been in regular contact with senior Haitian authorities. A U.N. report says Haiti's kidnappings have exploded to more than 300 in the first eight months of the year, a figure local leaders say is not even close. They have been kidnapping everyone, from poor merchants on the
7: side of the streets to children going to school. So, yes, I believe it's been in thousands.
4: Whatever that exact figure is, one thing is clear, nobody is safe. That gang 400 Miloza has recently been accused of kidnapping five French priests and two nuns savannah back to you
0: all right sam thank you so much we've got a lot more to get to chanel joins us in for craig this morning hi good morning in the ongoing COVID battle there are growing tensions over vaccine mandates and they are on full display in cities from coast to coast including chicago where the mayor and the police union are locked in a standoff with officers now being required to reveal their vaccine status nbc's
7: megan fitzgerald is outside of the chicago police headquarters megan good morning Chanel, good morning. Time has run out. The mayor's vaccine mandate is in effect for all city employees, including some 12,000 police officers. Uh, Now, there is a concern this morning that thousands of officers didn't comply, which is why the governor has offered up the National Guard. This morning, the battle over vaccine mandates for law enforcement officers reaching a fever pitch. In Washington state, where workers are required to be fully vaccinated by today or risk losing their jobs, a state trooper's final sign-off attacking the governor going viral.
1: This is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and Jay Ansley can kiss my
7: It's another clash between officers and states. Coming as coronavirus is the leading cause of death for officers nationwide, more than firearms and traffic-related deaths combined, according to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. In Chicago, a city plagued by gun violence and coming off of a violent summer, the head of the city's largest police union urging officers to stay the course.
6: HOLD THE LINE. KEEP FIGHTING
7: despite a restraining order barring him from telling officers not to comply with the city's vaccine mandate. It's a mandate that's sparking dueling lawsuits between the city and the local fraternal order of police. We believe that
3: the FOP leadership is trying to foment an illegal work stoppage.
7: In Massachusetts, union officials estimate 150 state police officers have resigned ahead of a state vaccination mandate that takes effect today. And in Baltimore, the city's police union is urging officers not to comply with a similar mandate until a bargaining agreement is reached with the city. It comes as those who have gotten the vaccine still facing questions over booster shots, an FDA advisory panel voting unanimously to recommend boosters for 15 million Americans who received the one-shot J&J vaccine, though Dr. Anthony Fauci now says it should have been a two-dose vaccine to begin with. Still under consideration is whether J&J recipients will be able to safely receive Moderna or Pfizer boosters. Now, NBC News did reach out to the governor of Washington State, Jay Inslee, for a comment on that viral video. Uh, But, Chanel, at this hour, we're still waiting to hear back. Megan, thank
0: you. Quarter after the hour on the West Coast. Let's get a check of the weather. What's shaking? Well,
6: we got a little taste of winter coming for our friends out west. Uh, spe- speaking of winds from 35 to 45 miles per hour, 70 mile per hour wind gust for a big swath. And we're talking about snow. Winter weather advisories, winter storm watches. Three to six inches of snow with possible uh, higher amounts as you get into the Sierra. We're looking at temperature drops 10 to 25 degrees below average today in some parts of the Rockies. Tomorrow that's going to move to the west, to the east, I should say with the snow moving into Wyoming, parts of the Dakotas. Snowfall amounts upwards of two a foot or so in the Rockies. We're also looking at, we're looking at a lot of rain as we make our way out west. One to three inches of rain from central California all the way on up into the Pacific Northwest. As far as the rest of the country is concerned, we are looking at uh, plenty of sunshine here in the east. A real fall chill and bright skies from the plains to the Gulf. And that is your latest weather. Guys. All
5: right, Al. Thank you. Just ahead, the supply chain crisis now taking a toll on anyone who drives dealerships running low on cars mechanics unable to get parts they need inside the problems and what they may mean for your family. But first this is today on NBC.
4: Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts.
5: Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Back now, 7.30 with this morning's lighting ceremony at Greece's Ancient Olympia. Hmm. That's the guess what's coming Beijing 2022 That's the Olympic flame the winter games will be here before you know it 109 days and counting <laughs> until the opening ceremony right here on NBC it's starting
0: I mean. Tokyo's flame just went out. we yeah, it up because of the so pandemic. Quick, Tokyo yeah. was delayed, so now it's back to back. Yep. Uh, we want to tell you about an interview we have for you tomorrow morning. On today, Katie Couric. She's made a lot of headlines ahead of the release of her new memoir. Well, she will join us live right here in Studio One A tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let's get to your headlines here at 7:30. Word this morning that China has tested a missile that can travel at five times the speed of sound. The Financial Times reports that in August, China launched a rocket, much like the one you see here carrying the hypersonic missile. The vehicle is capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Sources tell the paper the missile circled the globe at a low altitude before missing its target by about two dozen miles. The U.S. and Russia are also developing
5: hypersonic missiles. Classes are canceled today at Grambling State University in Louisiana after the second deadly shooting there in less than a week. Seven other people were hurt by the Sunday morning gunfire. It took place during homecoming weekend. Police did not identify a suspect or a motive. However, they did issue a warrant for a person wanted in a shooting on Wednesday. Neither of the two people killed was a grambling student and police do not know if the incidents are related. Well, coming up
0: next, mm-hmm. whether you are in the market for a new car or just need some repairs to the one you have, customers from coast to coast are struggling to get what they need. Tom Casella will have details and some surprising advice from experts amid a growing car crisis right after this. Back at 7:39 with in depth today. This morning, yet another problem tied to the global supply chain crisis. Yeah, from car dealerships to your local mechanic, the disruptions are now wreaking havoc on the automotive industry. NBC's Tom Costello is on it at a closer look this morning. Hey, Tom. Good morning.
1: Hey guys, good morning. You know we are already seeing shortages of oil filters and windshield wipers, brake parts, engine parts. Listen to this number. The typical used car on the road right now is 12 years old. Keeping them running is critical. But all of these shortages are causing real problems for mechanics, for the parts supply business, even for people looking for new cars. These days, mechanics, dealerships and consumers nationwide are all dealing with variations of the same theme. No part, no fix. Low inventory means long waits to get your car repaired. That hit home for Lisa Matlock in Lansville, Pennsylvania after Hurricane Ida ruined the interior of her Nissan Sentra. She took it to Ross Colcat her trusted mechanic. He tried for over eight days to try and get carpet there was none in the country and they had no ETA as to when one would be Colkitt wound up cleaning Lisa's carpet himself but most auto repairs are far more complicated than that a ram truck a customer needed an engine for it which is a very very common engine and even going to Chrysler they could not give me a time frame as to when one would be available the problems include shipping backups on auto parts, a global semiconductor shortage, and not enough workers in manufacturing or transportation to move supplies along. It could be a thermostat, it could be a module, it could be uh, a rotor. It, it's the complete industry that we're seeing that this happens. When consumers decide a new car is a better option, they're finding slim pickings on the lot. Puyallup, Washington, Bill Corum's family-owned Nissan dealership, has been selling cars and trucks for 46 years. It's like night and day. You know, typically, we'd have anywhere from 350 to 400 new Nissans in stock. Right now, I think we have around... 14 new cars. With supplies low, sales manager Brian Paul says, while many dealers have started charging more than the sticker price, Quorum is keeping prices the same and encouraging consumers to be open-minded. People that are coming in, they're looking for one car specifically, and they're finding out that that vehicle is not available. So they're actually buying a completely different car. And with prices for used cars now sky high, this lifelong dealer has an unfamiliar message. Hold on to Old Faithful. I've never said this before, but if people can hold off, uh, I think the better days are coming and prices will reduce. Of course, high-mileage cars are more likely to break down, putting more pressure on mechanics to improvise solutions.
2: We've taken to calling this the biggest supply chain disruption that we have had since World War II. A vicious cycle, which
1: may get worse. This is truly systemic disruption. So, uh, unlike the 1970s oil supply shortage, uh, we've got multiple problems in the supply chain this time. And it's really straining auto mechanics. And quite simply, there aren't enough trained auto mechanics. That may also complicate any efforts to get your car fixed. Guys, back to you. Well,
0: Tom, let me pile one more on there. I, there's, word, there's a rubber shortage that could affect the car industry as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, what does that mean? It means that when you need new tires, They may not be in stock, and in fact, if you're thinking you're going to need winter tires, you need, may need to buy those now as well because we're going to probably be facing a shortage of rubber in the coming
0: months, guys. All right. Tom, thank you very much. All right. And do your Christmas shopping while you're at it.
6: <laughs> right, Al? <laughs> I don't even know what to say, anymore. Just don't say it. <laughs> Goodbye, Al. <laughs> Just keep moving. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Uh, look, Let's show you what we've got going on today. A big winter storm kind of developing, and this thing's going to be moving cross-country. We've got winter, uh, wind advisories, high wind advisories. And we're looking at winds from 30 5 to 45 mile per hour wind gusts. We also got winter weather advisories and winter storm watches. Three to six inches of snow. Higher peaks of stretching from Oregon all the way down into California. And this system is going to be pushing to the east. And as it does, temperatures today drop 10 to 25 degrees below average out west. Strong wind gusts accompanying with rain and snow. Then as we move into tomorrow, the system moves into the plains, Wyoming, the Dakotas. Breezy and cooler as we make our way to the midweek period on Wednesday conditions from Minneapolis, Chicago, on into Detroit. And then Thursday into Friday, this thing gets into the East Coast. We're going to be looking at wet weather from Syracuse, Boston, New York, all the way down into Memphis. And that's your latest weather, guys.
5: All right, Al, thank you. Coming up, the pioneering woman just named the new music director for the iconic Atlanta Symphony Orchestra.
0: Her inspiring conversation with Jenna, the first interview since that big announcement on her path to the top in a male-dominated profession. But first, these messages.
5: Welcome back. Great crowd. We're going to go visit with them in just a bit. uh, Coming up, Steph Rule with an exercise plan for your financial fitness. She's got some good tips to help you control spending and deal with debt, all while trying to save a little for your family's future.
0: Plus, Carson
5: has an absolutely jam-packed pop star, including Adele's new record. She's got a new record? (laughs) To this show surprising to SNL's musical
0: take, on Squid Game. <laughs> so yeah. so it's to funny see Squid Game. Yeah. yeah. And look who is here, wait, all who? the way from the Rio. Yes. yes! All the right. Pioneer Woman herself. She's here. Good morning. Good morning, Re. So excited to be here. I can't believe it. Great She's going to gonna share them. some delicious recipes from her brand new cookbook, The Pioneer Woman Cooks Super Easy. Better be easy, Re. And she <laughs> said, No, we're Remember, limited. Wait, don't, don't worry. The, the chocolate <laughs> okay. secret chocolate cake we recipe. Are you finally going to let us know?
6: Are you going to tell us the secret? The secret ingredient?
0: Uh, yes, I will tell you if you promise not to tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> no, no, just us and a few million of our <laughs> exactly. friends. Exactly. Coming up, your eight o'clock hour.